Back to throw to Patrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, a special edition of the Drive Time Pod as we welcome in two heavy hitters of the podcast game, two men that have been part of the Miami Dolphins organization for a long, long time. The hosts of the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth Levitt and OJ Juice McDuffie. We are previewing their conversation with Dolphins great running back, Ricky Williams. That episode drops tomorrow, so subscribe to the Fish Tank Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go check out the Fish Tank for the Ricky Williams episode and the rest of their catalog on the Fish Tank Podcast. We'll talk to them here on this Monday, May the 18th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins My two guests today are Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie of the Fish Tank Podcast. They have a podcast dropping tomorrow, an exclusive interview with former Dolphins running back Ricky Williams. Let's go ahead and jump now to my interview with Seth and OJ Juice McDuffie. And I'm thrilled to be joined now on the Drive Time Podcast by the two hosts of the Fish Tank Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network. I've got Seth Levitt. I've got OJ Juice McDuffie. Seth, how you doing? We'll start with you. Doing great, Travis. It's uh, exciting to be here. I know we've been kind of following each other via Twitter and and listening to the shows for quite some time. And here we uh, find ourselves back uh, together uh, on the Dolphins Podcast Network. And and it's about time we got invited to drive time, man. We're we're excited to be here. Well, it's a perfect time to do it. You see over my shoulder right here, we have the Ricky Williams backdrop painting. I I had a friend commission that for me. It's my prized possession and juice. You guys had a chance to talk to Ricky on a previous podcast I mean, I don't, I don't really know where to start with this, but I just want to go ahead and I guess and ask you, I think it's really easy to misconstrue who Ricky is as a person or fans get a bad idea about Ricky. In your opinion, who is Ricky Williams? Yeah, I think what people might not understand about Rick is um, how much he loved the game of football. You know, people thought that there was no love for the game in terms of, uh, you know, some of the things he did when he retired um, is, you know, uh, obviously what he was, you know, uh, doing things like smoking marijuana and and suspensions and things like that. Rick loved football and it'll come out in the podcast, man. He just, uh, you know, he loves his time down here in Miami. He really enjoyed his time down here in Miami. And, you know, uh, the fact that most people thought that he retired because he didn't have love for the game. That's what they're wrong. And the Fish Tank podcast does a great job of going back in depth over a certain span of players' careers or coaches' careers, or even you guys get media on, equipment managers. It's it's can't, it's can't miss podcasting for my money, especially as a Dolphins fan. And Seth, I'm curious to get your, your take here. What was the initial idea, the initial concept for the Fish Tank podcast, and how did you guys get this all going? I appreciate you, your kind words, Travis. And and really, it's, um, you know, we, we're narrative-driven. We love telling stories and I think, you know, OJ and I talk about it every time we get together or if we run into somebody we haven't seen in a long time, we just start talking about the old old days and telling stories. And And I think that there's there's so much that's talked about that fans don't get to hear uh, because a lot of the, the questions that are asked, uh, and, and rightfully so, are about what happened on the field and about X's and O's and, and you know, let's talk about this game and that game. And and those things are critically important. I think you do a great job of it with your podcast, both with the stuff that you're doing from 
from the old days as well as covering the current teams. But there's so much else that happens, uh, I think, behind the scenes, whether it's on the sidelines, in the huddle, or just when guys are hanging out with each other. Um, and, and to give guys an opportunity to tell those stories, to relive those moments, and, and to give fans just a quick peek behind the curtain, it, it's a lot of fun sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's really deep and, and uh, profound in a lot of ways, which you'll find with Ricky's story. And, and sometimes guys are just outrageous and you shake your head. But uh, we just try and have a good time. <laughs> And it's always about the story first. And to reciprocate the thank you for the kind words, thank you for that, gentlemen. It's, it's, it means a lot to me. And as someone that grew up a diehard Miami Dolphins fans, grew up watching you, Juice. You were my guy back in the 90s and into the 2000s. And uh, to, to be someone that was a fan, kind of turned journalist, turned media, it's I've always told people that work with the Dolphins, people that are associated with the Dolphins, that the number one thing fans want is the exclusive behind-the-scenes peak. They want to feel like they have something that they didn't have otherwise or maybe that other fans aren't getting. And I feel like with the fish tank juice, and especially in this podcast, that's what you guys do, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so much fun to, you know, we can all look up stats and look up numbers and see film, but uh, to hear some of the backstories and some of the things that happen in the locker room, some things that happen on the road or on the airplanes or, you know, some stories that we might have known about, but it's good to hear the guys tell us what the real story is sometimes. And that's, that's, that's the exciting thing. And what you what we really like too, Travis, is that, when the guys get on, and they open up a lot of times. They 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 light up and they're they're happy to talk about the past and you know relive some of their glory days because like Seth talked about, when guys get together, the only thing they really miss is the locker room. They miss that locker room chatter and, and, and the banner and, and giving each other a hard time. And uh, so we we dig up some stories. We when we we when we have guys on, we'll call some of their best buddies that they play with and try to get some stories, you know, behind the scenes stories and. And then when we bring it up, man, they are shocked and they're laughing and they're having a good time, man. Uh, you'll see that in the Ricky podcast that we actually got a hold of, of Ronnie and we had Ronnie in the tank and he told a couple stories and then uh, Ricky just really loved it. So that's that's the fun part about it with these guys when they can relive their glory days or relive some funny stories that happened to them while they were, you know, while they were in the league, like the good old days. My personal glory days went back to high school. I played baseball and basketball, and my favorite time of all that was shagging balls in the outfield for batting practice and the bus rides to the game. So I completely agree with that. And the Michael Jordan documentary right now, my favorite scene in that entire show was him on the plane. I forget what player it was, but he's telling the cameras, this guy, he's an alcoholic. He's you know he's out there every single night ripping and roaring. So that's that's the part of this game that we yeah. all don't get to hear enough about, but you guys come in here. And that's where we start with Ricky Williams, Seth. And I'm, I'm curious to get... Just the information about what timeline you guys covered because with Ricky Williams life I mean I, I had Tom Herman on the podcast the other day the Texas coach and he looked at the painting over my shoulder and said that he was security detail for Ricky back at Texas way oh, back wow. in the day and you have this guy who was a college phenom and a, one of the most interesting persons in the National Football League history where do you guys kick off this podcast with Ricky's time in the NFL with the Dolphins or where does it begin? Yeah, it's a great question and a great point. In fact, I think I mentioned it to it in our episode that, you know, you, you can't cover Ricky's entire <laughs> uh, football journey in one show, or at least not one that goes an hour. And um, so we did start with, with the trade to Miami in 2002. Uh, having said that, you know, Ricky is, as you said, such an interesting guy and such a, a unique individual. It, what we also wanted to do was make sure we talked about where Ricky was at in his life, you know, what he's doing now, the decisions that he's made uh, prior to his career, during his career, and post-career that were unrelated to football, because we think that that's every bit as interesting and, and, and is important when it comes to talking about Ricky's story. 
and you talk about the 2002 season, I got the glimpse of the preview you guys put up on Twitter where he talks about, you know, he was proud of what they accomplished, even though it came to kind of a tragic ending. And <laughs> I talked about being a Dolphins fan as a kid. That was last two games that, that collapsed in the New England game broke my heart as a, as a kid. And I'm, I'm curious to ask your opinion here, Juice, as a player, you know, from this organization for a long time. Was there a certain burden that Ricky felt upon arrival? Because two first-round draft picks and a guy that basically was asked year in and year out, let's ignore the quarterback position. Let's go ahead and go status quo there and just feed Rick. And did he really feel that burden in his career? Ricky was excited to be a part of this uh, organization as a running back, as being the man on offense. You know, most times you talk about the league, the quarterback is the man. When Ricky, you know, came, he was uh, the man on offense, and he knew he was playing with a great defense. So he knew there'd be a lot of opportunities to run the football. Uh, so he was excited about that. That was one of the things he touched on in the, in the podcast about, you know, coming to Miami and, you know, and being that guy, being that running back. So, uh, I mean, he, he loved it. He loved it. Uh, there's some other things that kept him from being here more or being here longer, and we'll get into that in the podcast. But, yeah, but he, he loved the fact that, you know, he had a coach in, in, in Wanstead that, you know, had a great defense and loved to run football. And you mentioned the the other activities that may have prevented him from having a longer career, at least a more consistently on the field career. And I'd be curious to know, I'm sure you guys covered this on the podcast, but, you know, laws and, and rules back then were different than they are now. Does he talk about that a little bit, about how maybe his career, if he was just 10 years younger, might have been a lot different? Um, you know, we, he does talk about just his individuality and, and uh, the NFL today versus the NFL of 15, 20 years ago and, and where individuals fit within a league like uh, the, the one that we're all a part of. But um, again, you know, our store, our, our podcast is narrative driven. And so, you know, we don't necessarily do a deep dive into every moment and decision in his life. Um, but he does talk about that decision, and as much as um, his marijuana use it was well documented, we don't talk a whole lot about that, quite frankly. But just just decisions that he needed to make in his life, and where he was at, and needing to find himself. And you know, Rick, Ricky is very introspective, and, and is constantly working on Ricky, and uh, and I think has been his entire life, and and seems to be in a really wonderful place now. But that was a time where he felt like he needed to to take a break and, and focus on him. Well, it's great to hear that he is in a good place at this stage of his life. It's something that it seems like throughout the course of his career, he was always searching for, you know, his purpose and, and his place in this world. And it sounds like he has found that at the time his place was on the football field because he was so damn good. And it, it showed because every time he went away and came back, he was still productive. And I'm curious right. to get your take on this juice because he steps away in 2004, comes back in 05. I think it was a four game suspension plays out that year. Is there this like hunger, this drive that players get maybe initially stepping away that you think that maybe Ricky got and was like, okay, I got to get back on the football field? Yeah, I think most guys, I mean, how many guys actually leave the game on their own terms? Yeah. You know, not very many do. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, most players are either pushed out, retired, forced out, retired, hurt. Uh, they don't usually get to leave on their own terms. And the fact that he was able to leave and be able to come back and still be that guy, you know, that's, that's, that's hard to do, but that just tells you how good Rick was how good, you know, how, what a hell of a player he, he really was. And, you know, um, you know, Rick talks a little bit about leaving and coming back and, the, and the, you know, the passion for the game that he has. But, man, I mean, to be able to come back and, and still put up some big numbers, uh, it's pretty impressive. Like I said, most of us, <laughs> we leave this game, you know, the other way. You know, very <laughs> few guys get to have the great retirements and that they wanted, that they dreamed of. Most of us get pushed out or just banged up out. 
Did he have a chance to go in depth at all on the injury back in, I think it was 2006 or 2007 when he got stepped on in that Pittsburgh Monday night game? Did he have a chance to really tell you about maybe how disheartening that was, Seth? Because you go into you know a season where I think that was his first game back and then he exits yeah. within the first couple of quarters. Did he talk about that at all? Uh, we, we, I mean, we briefly, uh, glossed over it. If, if you would even give it that, uh, I mean, that was the 2007 season, which, you know, clearly was a low point sure. in this franchise's history. Um, and I make a, a little bit of a joke and, you know, you'll hear it on the show, but you know, the reality is, is if there was going to be a season that you missed, uh, you know, that, that probably isn't one that he wishes he had had more opportunities to be a part of. But uh, so, so we mentioned it, but I think really what we covered was the fact that he had three um, unique stints with the Dolphins, right? And it was that first, that first uh, magical time here in 0203. And, and then, as you mentioned, when he came back with Coach Saban and then, you know, the Wildcat, Tony Sperano years. And, and so we do talk about each of those, uh, those instances and how unique each of them were. And as productive as he was, one thing I thought was really fascinating is that as productive as he was in 02 and 03, he felt, and, and he says this, he felt that he had a greater appreciation for the game when he came back. And, and that's because he needed to work on him. And, and that time away allowed him to do that. Kind of a you don't know what you got until it's gone situation there. A little bit of that. And I think, again, just, you know, like any of us, if we've got other things outside of our, our workplace that are bothering us, it's hard to be the best that we can be. And we saw the output, and the output was outrageous. But if he didn't feel whole, he needed to feel whole to then appreciate every moment that, that maybe, you know, Ricky was so good for so long. And, and so I think being good at football was something that came natural to him and, and was he expected and was used to and maybe didn't excite him as much as it excited all of us watching him break all those runs. But when he came back, he had, you know, he just uh, looked at it differently and approached it differently. Well, yeah, because, I mean, your profession can certainly become your identity, especially on such a platform where you're such a big celebrity and, and everyone's right. talking about you, you know, not just on Sundays, but throughout the course of the season. And I'm curious to get your take on this, Juice, because as a person that played for so long in the NFL and a, a league in a game that's all about, you know, the 53, everyone's as important as the next guy or however you want to phrase that. Was there times in his career where maybe Ricky felt a little bit like he either let his teammates down or maybe they felt like, he, they felt like he wasn't all the way in and kind of held some animosity towards him. Do you ever get a sense of how his teammates kind of took Ricky into the locker room? I think Ricky might have felt that way at times. Um, I think Rick, man, he he was really all about his teammates. I mean, he, he yeah, you, you'd be shocked at all the guys he talks about in the, in the podcast that, uh, you know, that influenced him, that he looked up to, that, you know, he really admired on the football team. Um, but he was all about the other 52, you know, Rick knew that Rick did his job. He worked hard, but the other 52 guys do their job. But, you know, he was all, he was a, he was an all in team player. And uh, I do think he, he wonders what other guys felt, you know, once he left the game, once he retired, once he left, uh, you know, uh, the first retirement, uh, because he, he cares about those guys and he cares about their opinion, especially the guys that were the big guys in the locker room, all the way down to the guys that worked in the equipment room. So he was a, he was that type of guy. And I, you know, me, you know, I've known Ricky since he came out of college, but for me to get a chance to really sit down and rap to him about some of the other stuff, man, it, it, it for one, it changed my perspective and view of Ricky, but I did see him on some reality shows that changed my perspective on, on it as well. So that helped a little bit. Um, but I tell you, man, it was just a, a great to see him open up 
and talk about the respect he had for the game and for the, his, his teammates, that, uh, the, those 53 that you're talking about. So one of the segments I, I will go ahead and tell you guys I shamelessly stole from you guys is asking players about their basketball backgrounds because of the great stories you guys tell about the famous, was it at your house, Juice, the games went down? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, my what, backyard, yeah. Was he ever a part of those? No, Rick, I was, uh, you know, I was pretty much done. By the time Rick got here, I was pretty much done with those games. I couldn't really go out there and play. As Seth, Seth knows, if, uh, if I can't play, nobody can play. <laughs> Took your ball and went <laughs> you know, home. <laughs> take my ball and go home with yeah. it, man. So that's, that's the way I roll. <laughs> yeah, I think we had like one season, Juice, where you let people play, but then you weren't having it, man. <laughs> nah, I, I couldn't do it. It's, it's torture, man. You, you know, Travis, that's my game there. right there. It's torture <laughs> out there watching those guys on my court. I'm and in the house, you know, in dog, the yeah. court. Yeah, I wasn't trying to hop the fence over there with those dogs. <laughs> Just turn the NBA on and watch. And watch I don't know if Ricky played basketball. I mean, you know, he's a hell of a baseball player. Was drafted. And we he's didn't right. talk about his baseball career, but I, I don't know if he was a football or a basketball, basketball player. player. Yeah, yeah. Might be one of those guys that winds up getting five fouls in the first quarter and has to go sit on the bench the rest of the game. Could be. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, guys, I mean, it, it, what else do you want to talk about with Ricky here? Because there's so much we can get into. I just want to know, like, what do you want to promote on the podcast in, in, in particular? Because I'm sure there's plenty we haven't talked about yet. You know, I, I, what I would say, and I'm sure Juice has his own unique perspective on this, but what I would say, Travis, is that, I mean, first and foremost, he's Ricky. He's enigmatic, and he was exciting and, and you know, came in, like, out of nowhere with, with that trade and, and was better than advertised for two years, and, and then all of a sudden he was, like, gone. And, and so um, I think a lot of people feel very strongly about Ricky one way or the other. You know, clearly you, while you might have been disappointed, you haven't held it against him where I'm even seeing it today in, in, in some responses on Twitter um, that some people still hold a grudge because of uh, the fact that he left. And, 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 you know, I get it a lot of times as fans, we care about, well, of course, we always care about what happens on Sundays, but we sometimes don't look beyond uh, what happens in between those white lines and what somebody decisions someone has to make and, and the human being that's there. Um, and not saying I agree or disagree with decisions that Ricky made. But uh, I, I, my hope is that people will, regardless of where they stand, that they will listen to this because I think it's a really exciting and interesting um, just insight onto who Ricky is as a person. Uh, and he talks, you know, he, he hated talking about football those first two years. when And I was a PR guy there and did a lot of work with him. And he was bored by the questions and he was tired of it. And, and, uh, and he made it real hard for some media members if he didn't feel that they were bringing their A game and sometimes just made it hard to make it hard on him. And because and, and I don't, I don't think that those things were interesting to him, but he enjoyed talking about dolphins football when he was with us, he really, really enjoyed talking about it. So it was kind of cool to see him reflect upon that. And I will also say that, um, well, there's a lot about that decision and him leaving that, that is discussed in this podcast, some things that, uh, I think folks might find interesting or surprising, <laughs> But he he sheds the light on the conversation he had with Dave Wanstead and telling him that he was he was going to step away. And I thought that was fascinating. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. I mean, my own personal experience from when Ricky retired, when I found out. So I told you guys I was a kid. I was I was 16 years old. And this Making is, us feel old here, Chad. Well, hey, 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 I try my hardest. <laughs> way retired, buddy. Bad <laughs> enough we're sitting here with no hair and gray. And at least I am. Juice still looks like you can play. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Come on. He said he was a kid, Juice. <laughs> just I mean I was so impressionable at the time and so when yeah. and this was before you know you got tweet Twitter and, and text and all the things that you know would get your information immediately and I had this friend that would always play practical jokes on me and my other friends he calls me 
and I'm out with like a girlfriend at the time, you know, riding around the streets doing my thing. And he calls me and says, you might want to sit down for this. I have some news. And he, he knew how important Ricky and the Dolphins were to me. And he breaks this news to me and I have my flip phone and I literally just clap it up and say, whatever, dude, I, I don't, I don't take that for truth for a second. So that was how the news got broke to me. Prank on you. He pulled a, I thought he was. And the next morning I wake up and see the newspaper and I like, didn't believe my eyes. Did, did he, when he decided to go ahead and call it quits and have that conversation, like you mentioned juice, was it, was it all the way out? Was he, was there any inclination that maybe he had a foot still in the door or was he just all the way out? Um, I'm not sure how I felt, but I think, uh, I felt like he was out. I think he was all the way out at that point. He, like Seth talked about, he had other things he needed to take care of personally that he was looking for, uh, in some different endeavors and was going a different path, man. And, you know, and, and he, he talks about it. He talks about exactly where he was, what he was doing. Um, you know, the, the whole story, man, it was pretty, pretty amazing for him to, to open up and, you know, and he does talk about it. He, and he obviously he missed the game would never come, come back to it, you know? So, but definitely he was out. He was out, out at that point and looking for other things to do with his life. Well, I'm glad it's, I keep saying this. I feel like it's repetitive at this point, but it's just, it's so nice to hear that Ricky found, you know, found his purpose and found what he was looking for and, and all the introspective searching he did and, and all the stuff throughout the course of his life and his career. So sounds like you guys got the best out of him. Uh, anything else, Seth, anything else juice you guys want to leave us with? I, I, listen, thanks, I think thanks for diving it. in, Travis. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you diving in, and you know, I, I'm looking forward to folks hearing this. And we were really excited to get Ricky on, and we knew it would happen at some point. But this is great timing for us to to have this episode, and we, you know, I'm sure OJ and I could talk about this all day long. But yeah. we we would love to let the episode speak for itself as well, and and um, I'm I'm excited for you to hear it, and, and for other Dolphin fans to hear it. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything else as far as the content goes, so we'll just go ahead and leave it there. But I will tell the fans, we do plan on having Juice on the Drive Time podcast for a flashback one of these weeks, so keep an eye out for that. Everyone check out the Fish Tank podcast. They do an awesome job here, part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network. Fellas, Seth, Juice, thank you so much. Thanks, Travis, man. You do a great job Thanks yourself, for having bro. Us thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. that, guys. And man, that's going to be like Christmas morning for me growing up as a really kind of golden era, early 2000s Dolphins fan watching Ricky Williams, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, that dominant defense, that dominant running game, all with Ricky Williams at the focal point. And of course, one of the more interesting men, one of the more interesting players to really ever play, not just for the Miami Dolphins, but in the National Football League. So check out that podcast, The Fish Tank. Check out the Audible podcast. Of course, you now are on the Drive Time podcast. Do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review all three podcasts. If you're a Dolphins fan, if you're a fan of the podcast, those ratings, those five-star reviews help us get out to more Dolphins fans, help us keep driving this thing further and further. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Give Seth a follow at Team Levitt. Give OJ McDuffie a follow at OJ McDuffie 81 and check out their podcast at The Fish Tank and of course MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.